You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Well, uh, this morning, I've, I've got a word that I truly believe isn't just, it's not a, this isn't a filler message. This is, this is a word that I truly believe God wants to impart into each and every single one of our hearts. Amen. And so the, the message is called A Heart Full of Gratitude. A Heart Full of Gratitude. And so this message is going to talk a little bit about thanksgiving and gratefulness and appreciation for each other and the church. And I, I wanted to come to you today to offer you the gratitude and appreciation that I have in my heart for you, Gateway Church. There are many things that I am grateful for in my life. I'm grateful for my wife, grateful for my kids, our family unit. They, they mean the world to me. And I also carry a deep gratitude in my heart that God chose me to be part of my family unit. In good times, in bad times, in sickness and in health, deep gratitude. But I also carry a deep gratitude and appreciate my heart in my heart for you, Gateway Church, and the individuals that make up Gateway Church. Carrie, Nathaniel, Sass, Sally, Lockie, Diane, Sonia, Jordan, Don, Raylene. I, I could go through every single person. Just a deep appreciation in my heart. I'm so grateful for you. My, my heart is overflowing with thanks. In Ephesians 1 verse 16, it says it like this. My heart is always full and overflowing with thanks to God for you as I constantly remember you in my prayers. This is, this is the heart that I want to convey to you today. You know, this is the heart that we are called to have for each other. In the body of Christ. So where does this gratitude come from? You might just think like, is there a course I can do? Like, is, is it a four-week course? Is it a two-week course? Because that would be even better. <laughs> that, can I just do some modules online? That would be even better. <laughs> I put it to you today that gratitude is cultivated. It's not something that magically appears. It's cultivated. We can't invent it. We can't buy it. It's cultivated through going through the valleys, the mountains, and traversing the journeys between the lows and the highs. We cultivate gratitude by what we focus on. By what we focus on. We cultivate it when we celebrate. We cultivate it when we mourn our loss. The cultivation of gratitude, it's a slow and steady burn of giving our lives to each other and our worship to God as a living sacrifice. Amen. We cultivate gratitude and thanksgiving by focusing on what we do have. On what we do have. What, what do you have in your world right now that you have thankfulness for? That you have gratefulness for that you have thanksgiving for 
that you have gratitude for. It's too easy to uh, allow our gratitude and appreciation to be robbed by focusing on what we don't have and what we perceive to be missing and what we perceive to be a lack of what we don't have. For us as Christians, followers of Jesus, we have so much to be grateful for. We've been blessed with salvation. We've been blessed with baptism. We've been blessed with discipleship. We've been blessed with community. We've been blessed with family and gifts to outwork our faith in the body of Christ. Amen. We have so much to be grateful for. In Colossians uh, 3, verse 15 to 17, we find Paul and Timothy uh, writing to the Colossians in the city of Colossae, which is in modern Turkey today, or I'm going to, should I try and pronounce how you meant to pronounce Turkey now? Turkey. Is it close? Yeah, it's close. Someone else does it much better than me. See, this, this passage of Scripture... It reads like a map to cultivating our hearts full of gratitude. This is what it says. Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. See, this is a practice. This is a behavior of giving thanks to God in all that we do. In our words, in our actions, we are learning and activating the ways of Jesus. Amen. See, we build our gratitude as we embrace the message of Jesus among us. Teaching of the word, encouraging each other from the word of God, singing worship, singing songs of the spirit. I want to encourage you, you were called to peace. So my life doesn't look very peaceful right now. You were called to peace. You were called to peace when you accepted Jesus Christ. So I present to you today the gratitude of my heart, the thankfulness of my heart for, for you pursuing your relationship with God, for learning to be part of a church community where the peace of Jesus rules our hearts. We were called to be one body. We were called to outwork his peace. And so I say this today, we become what we cultivate. We become what we cultivate. Cultivate the peace of Jesus, peace. Cultivate songs of worship and praise, it goes to the Father. Cultivate fried chicken, we become what we cultivate, amen? You get what I'm saying, all right? When we cultivate the Word of God, when we cultivate the practices of God, there are outcomes and overflowing within our lives and our church community.
Whatever we cultivate, whatever we activate in our church, we grow into. Well, we choose to activate grace and peace and kindness and salvation and thanksgiving and gratitude and anything else that comes from the Word of God. Amen? Are you with me this morning, church? Receive my appreciation and encouragement today. In in Romans 12, this beautiful passage of Scripture, um, if you've got the Bible app, get ready to read along. If you don't have the Bible app, you can look to the screens today. Um, I'm going to read through some passages of Scripture today. It's important that we understand this. I can give you some like just tight little lines and say, how good is this? But I want you to read the God and capture what God says to you and for you. Amen. It says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve that God's will is His good, pleasing and perfect will. For by grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed for each of you. For just as each of you has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we, through many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts According to the grace given to each of us, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Share the share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. We become what we cultivate. There's an intentionality to this. Verse 17 says, Do not repay anyone for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Ooh, so not just on Sundays? Not just on Sundays. In the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. It's about what we cultivate. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll hit burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. See, it's with thanksgiving 
in my heart that we're growing together as a body that is activating these qualities, amen, found in this passage of Scripture. We are many. We're different. We don't have the same function. But as many, we form the one body of Christ. Maybe this is the first time you've heard this. Maybe you've heard it before. Let it be something that awakens within you to remind us of who we are. Amen. We're learning to be devoted to one another in love. We're we're learning to honor one another. We're keeping the fervor in our hearts and serving him. We're learning to be joyful in our hope and be patient in affliction. Sometimes we do that in faith, amen. We're sharing, we're practicing hospitality. We rejoice for the win and we mourn for the loss. We're living in harmony with one another. It's about what we cultivate, amen. You're wondering what we're doing and why we're here as a church. This is it, people. This is it. God has called us together. I, I love how it puts it in Ephesians 5, verse 17. It says this, don't, don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. Verse 18, don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Drink from the Spirit of God huge drafts of Him. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God the Father in the name of our Master, Jesus Christ. When we come to church on a Sunday and we sing songs of praise and adoration, we sing songs like, God, we love you, we worship you, we adore you, we thank you for who you are and what you've done. We're cultivating thanksgiving and gratefulness in our hearts and we're lifting it as praises to God the King. Any opportunity, amen. Can I encourage you, if you come into at the beginning of the service and you're like, oh, geez, I can't wait for the songs to be over. Oh, it's time to snap out of it. Let your heart be reignited with the passion of God. That is your moment to join together as one, many but one, as the body of Christ and bring praises to the one who saved us and redeemed us. Amen. Don't let the moment go by. Just once a week, you get the opportunity to do it together. Just once a week. Just once a week. Cultivate gratitude. It's as, as simple as a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of gratitude, a heart of appreciation for God for Jesus, for the Holy Spirit, and the family that God has planted you in at Gateway. Can I encourage you? Cultivate it. Cultivate it. The Bible says that although we are many, we're one. If the enemy is coming to you and saying to you, it's like, oh, you're on the outside, you're on the outside, you're on the outside. That's not what the Word of God says. We're cultivating the Word of God. So it's time to tell that voice to... Enough. I don't need to hear that anymore. Although we're many, I'm part of the one body of Christ in Jesus' name. Psalm 107 says this, I give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for he is steadfast, his love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in, the, in, gathered in from the lands, from the east, from the west, from the north and from the south. Somebody, somebody give praise. Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. Can you sing the rest? 
Give praise to the Lord. Oh, man. Do I need to try it again? The words were on the screen for you. Give thanks to the Lord. Give praise to the Lord. Oh, come on. Every opportunity, right, to give praise to Him. May our hearts be so full of gratitude that, that songs pour out of our hearts. Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You've been called, gathered from the east and the west and the north and the south by a God who loves to redeem people. By a God who loves to redeem people. That kind of love endures forever. Forever. I don't know about you today, but whose heart is feeling some gratitude today? Am I stirring it enough? Is it, is it, is it beginning to get there today? How are we going for time? Well, it kind of does, but <laughs> I am. Um, I'm going to read this passage of scripture. I, I want you to walk out of here today, not just being stirred and and empowered within your physical body, but I I want this to touch the deep parts of your spirit. Amen. In one Corinthians twelve, it says this. What I want to talk to you about now is the various ways God's Spirit gets worked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood. But I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Remember how you were when you didn't know God? Led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everybody else did it. It's different in this life. God wants us to use our intelligence to seek, to understand as well as we can. For instance, by using your heads, you know perfectly well that the Spirit of God would never prompt anyone to say, Jesus be damned. Nor would anyone be inclined to say, Jesus is master without the insight of the Holy Spirit. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. Amen. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the spirit to all kinds of people. The variety is Wonderful. Isn't that true amongst us? We're many, we're different. The variety is wonderful. Wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation in tongues. All these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out one by one by the Spirit of one God. Amen. He decides who gets what and when. You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells. But no matter how many parts you can <laughs> excuse me. But no matter how many parts you can name, you are still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit. We all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. It's erratic lives. 
We each used our to we we each used to independently call our own shots. But then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Each of us is now part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves like Jew, Greek, slave, free, are no longer useful. We need something larger and more comprehensive. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. I say this today to remind you, although we're many, although we're different, although we're various, although we all have different gifts, we are all precious to the part of the body. I need, I need you to take this scripture in so that you begin to look at, look at yourself and it's like, I'm not less value. I'm not worthless. I'm precious to the body of Christ. We are of one spirit, one body, one call, and I'm here for purpose. I understand how this is at odds, complete odds, with perhaps what's happened in our outside world, growing up in family, within workplaces, losses along the way. I I understand how this is complete odds, but this is what the Word of God says over your life when you're redeemed and found in Jesus. See, just like every precious part of the body you have in been redeemed and called to the body of Christ. You're important. You're called to bring function, called to the body of Christ. We cannot do Christianity on our own. It's actually unbiblical. It's, it's, it's unbiblical and impossible. If you're trying to do it on your own, you're probably trying to do it without Jesus too. We're, we're, we're not like... That's what we were called into at salvation. We were called into one body, into the kingdom of God together. To outwork true Christianity, it must be done as one body with many individuals, making sure that we're learning and activating the ways of Jesus to make the body strong and complete. I've got two pictures. The first one highlights that we're the whole church, we're a collective. Can I have that picture on the screen? And that we're also, there's an individual. We, we all have individual pursuit and collective pursuit in following Jesus. But you see how there's a line down the middle? I think sometimes we maybe get tricked into the fact that oh, they're two separate things. They're actually not two separate things. Can I have the next picture up? See, there there is not meant to be any separation. We're individuals within the body of Christ, but we're also called to be part of one whole body. And we can't separate the two. We can't compartmentalize them. So I love to follow Jesus personally, and I like to have my own prayer time. And I I only like to worship to specific types of worship songs at home by myself. And I only like to read this specific version of the Bible. And no, no, we're part of a whole redeemed body. There is no separation between the two. It's about us as individuals, yes, pursuing Jesus, our discipleship, 
Yes, we want to make sure that we're in the Word and we're learning the ways of Jesus and we, we understand how that affects us as a person. And as we strengthen ourselves as individuals, we also acknowledge that we're part of the collective body of Christ. And it's important to bring the strength that we find in our individual relationship with God as a strength to the whole body. Do you understand where I'm going this morning? It's about His body functioning well. Because the individual parts go out of their way to make sure that they're in discipleship, that they're taking care of themselves, that they're outreaching to the people around them. The collective body offers support when the individual conveys a moment of support needed. Do you hear that? The collective body offers support when an individual conveys that I need support right now. How does this happen? Well, if the foot's in pain... The foot sends the body a transmission. It communicates to convey the need for support, to heal, to, to get stronger so that it can function effectively again. The transmission, the communication is essential for the individual to grow, to heal and to contribute again. The collective body cannot help though if the transmission is absent. The transmission makes sure that function can be resumed resumed sooner rather than later a transmission it may make a sound it may be seen it may be felt but the one thing it is not is muted what's this mean well if your role in the body of Christ is to be a finger part of being hands-on with support to the body perhaps in a team a department property building whatever it is that you're doing in the body of Christ if your part as the hand had, if you, if you as part of the hand had a specific pain, like stretched ligaments, a broken bone, but you decided not to pass that on to the hand, the arm, the shoulder, the torso, the foot, where there's a challenge happening, the outcomes could be dire. If the right treatment, the right medication, stitches, counsel, seeing a doctor, resetting the bone, reattachment of ligaments. If it's not done at the correct time, the outcome could be permanent. Permanent dysfunction, permanent disfigurement. It could be infected so badly that part of the function or total function could be, could be lost. Can you see where I'm going this morning? We each have a responsibility and accountability to learn to communicate well. Communicate to the relevant part of the body, to seek the right healing, the right treatment. The one thing that the finger doesn't have the right to do is to blame the foot. Blaming the foot for not helping with the treatment that is hidden or unseen or unheard. But I do know that the foot would want to offer help in any way if there was a way it could help with the healing. The foot might say to the finger, in this next season of healing, so that you can heal and get back to your full function, I think it would be a good idea if you wore slip-on shoes. That way, you don't have to try and pull those really difficult lace-up shoes on and and tie because because I really want I really want your finger to heal. I don't want you to hurt yourself more. Or if you're really confident 
And for those who don't care what people think, maybe, maybe you could wear Velcro shoes. For the kids of the 80s and 90s, these go right next to Aerosport shoes from Spendless. We have that on the, on the screen? Kids of the 80s and 90s? Everyone? Come on. KT26s. See, in different seasons, we need to learn to adjust so that you can heal. Don't burn yourself out and certainly don't push it to the point of thinking that the only option is removal. Disappearing, isolation, it's not an option for the foot or the finger. It's not an option for the arm. It's not an option for the torso. We need strength within the body, amen? See, disappearing and isolation, it's not an option for the body of Christ. It is, however, an old practice that is not called to be part of your present. A body with no foot or a missing finger can, can function, but nowhere near at the level that God has called it and designed it to outwork out in Christ. See, the devil loves nothing more than to steal, kill, and destroy. It's what, it's what he does. But specifically destroy the futures of people by removing them from the body. There is healing, there is wholeness for each of us. Jesus came to give life. You don't have to suffer in silence. He came to bring healing and restoration to each of us so that the body can be stronger, amen. So that you can be part of a thriving whole church. The point being today is this. There is a call for each of us as individuals to strengthen ourselves in Jesus in the peace of Jesus, in our discipleship, in our development of the local church, in our lives, in the healing of our hearts, and also our heads, so that the body can be strong. But we cannot do it by ourselves. We cannot do it by ourselves. I want to encourage us today. It's time to start, or maybe continue, cultivating a heart of thanksgiving and gratefulness and gratitude. What do you have right in front of you right now? What do you have in your life right now that you can be grateful for? That you can have gratitude for? What do you have right now that God has given you that you can have gratitude for? Where has he placed you right now? Secondly, what what are the things that try and come and rob those things? that gratitude, that peace. More often than not, that you know, these things that try and come and rob our peace, they're not things that are right in front of us. Yes, the things that are right in front of us may trigger us at times, but it's more likely it's things that we don't necessarily want to face that are trying to come and rob us. Things from the past, old things. See, my message for each of us today is this that we need to do both things. We need to cherish and have gratitude for the things that are in front of us. But we also need to pay due attention to those things that are trying to come and rob. So I need to deal with that once and for all. I can't, I can't let that be a thing going forward forever. I cannot be robbed of my joy and my peace and my gratitude anymore. Cultivate thanksgiving, cultivate praise, seek healing and restoration from the things that are trying to steal your gratitude and peace within the body. I say all of this to convey to you 
that you have every reason to have a heart full of gratitude. If you have Jesus, you have every reason to have a heart full of gratitude. It's how we cultivate the gratitude that makes all the difference as the body. So I want you to pause for just a moment. Just close your eyes for just a moment and contemplate what, what are the things that, that you have a reason to have gratitude in your hearts and gratefulness in your hearts for? And then I want you to contemplate who in your world deserves the opportunity to be able to cultivate gratitude as well. Individuals who don't know Jesus, individuals who aren't walking on their, their journey with Jesus. See, God wants to redeem your friends and your family too. With your heart full of gratitude, who could you share the love of Jesus with? Who could you let know that God loves them so much that he sent Jesus? That Jesus loved humankind so much that he went to the cross for their forgiveness of sin and rose again victorious on the third day. Who could you share your full heart with? Just as our eyes are still closed this morning, perhaps whether in this place or watching online at a later time, Perhaps you don't know Jesus personally today. You haven't had the opportunity to know that you're loved and that God loves to redeem people just like you, just like us. Today, let it, let it be known that God loves you. That you can be known and in a relationship with him. And all it requires is for us to believe in our hearts and declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And that God raised him. I want to give everybody in this space, watching online, the opportunity to respond to God's love, to be known, to be not an isolated person by themselves anymore, but in the family of God, in the body of Christ, one with him. So if that's you, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer after me in the the rest of the church is going to join in as well. And it's a prayer of declaring that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him. Why don't we pray? Dear God, I thank you that you sent Jesus, that he went to the cross, went to the grave, but rose again on the third day for the forgiveness of my sins. I declare with my, my mouth and believe in my heart that you raised him. Forgive me of my sin. From this day on, I choose to follow you, be known by you, and loved by you. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. 
And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.